Hello and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the All About Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm joined by some of our research team, Katie, Suzanne and Kathy, to talk about their role in radiotherapy research and clinical trials and the impact that they have on people coming to the radiotherapy department. We are lucky to have a wide spectrum of roles within radiotherapy research, including our partnership with CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme and the Adam Brooks Hospital. So I'll introduce our guests today. So first of all, we've got Katie, who has been in radiotherapy for 19 years, qualifying with a foundation degree in radiotherapy in 2007, has been an advanced practitioner in Cambridge radiotherapy, and then moved to our clinical trials team in the Cambridge Clinical Trials Centre in 2019, and is now our clinical research practitioner. We also have Suzanne, who qualified as a therapeutic radiographer, but now is working as a senior research practitioner with our CRUK Radnet Cambridge team. Suzanne has a master's degree in clinical research and has been working in oncology research since 2007. Her current work focuses on taking forward radiotherapy research. And last but not least, we've got Kathy, who is a qualified therapeutic radiographer who moved into research specializing in breast radiotherapy clinical trials and now is a part of RADNET, where her remit is still breast research, but focusing on neoadjuvant radiotherapy clinical trials. Neoadjuvant is a treatment that is given before the main treatment of radiotherapy. Her role is implementing radiotherapy and novel drugs. So welcome, everyone. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. We will start with you, Katie, if that's okay. So could you tell us a little bit about your role and the role of the clinical trials team at the Cambridge Trials Centre? So my role here at the, we call it the CCTC for short, we are very kind of large department here covering all cancer sites. The team that I'm in is the radiotherapy team. So we cover all aspects of radiotherapy trials and I work with head and neck patients, gynae, and at the moment also covering prostate patients. Fantastic, thank you. And where would we usually see you? What sort of is your day-to-day look like? Our days are very varied and we can be in outpatients, seeing patients there where we would generally go to approach them for any studies that they would be suitable for. We are also quite office-based where we will be going through the multidisciplinary team meetings to see which patients we can approach from there, booking appointments where required for patients to go into clinic. And when patients are on treatment, we will also be involved in the review clinics. So getting all the data that we require for the study from those appointments and completing the relevant study paperwork for those. And also, you know, we have lots of patients who, who, you know, 
call us up, you know, if they've got any queries or questions or any concerns. So you never really quite know what your day may, may look like, even on, on paper where you think, oh, this day is going to be like this. It could completely change from, from the moment stepping in through the door. And Suzanne and Kathy, your roles within the Radnet team, even though you both do a similar role, they're quite different too and very and quite different to what Katie's role is as well. Could each of you tell us a bit about your role? Yeah, thanks, Rachel. So my role as, is a senior research uh, practitioner and part of the Radnet programme. So we're one, Cambridge is one of seven centres under this programme and we're advancing radiotherapy research. So my role is actually really quite diverse. It will involve liaising with all the other main radiotherapy centres that are part of the RADNET programme, but also working quite heavily on various projects locally. So that will involve me hot-footing across to the Cancer Molecular Diagnostics Lab, for instance, or I will maybe go across to CRUK building and liaise the colleagues there, right through to our coordination team. So a lot of it's about setting up processes for the projects we're trying to do, a lot of which have never been done before. So quite a lot of collaboration with lots of other areas across the hospital and with doctors, PhD students and people who are piloting, you know, really sort of groundbreaking work. Brilliant. And what does your sort of day to day look like, Suzanne? If you're if you're back and forth places, do you uh, see many patients or are you mainly liaising with the teams? So yes, obviously, yeah, I have quite a lot to do with patients. So I'm enrolling patients into a study that we've already got up and running. So I will often go down to the radiotherapy department to meet with my patients, sometimes to the chemotherapy suite also. Very soon I will be taking bloods. So I'll be down in the the, the phlebotomy room taking bloods and I'll be transferring those samples across to the, the CMDL. And yeah, so on top of that, The other side of the job is I'm also a bit office based. We have a new database we've developed. So I'm involved with that and with the programmers and with our team that are involved on the study. So, Cathy, could you tell us a little bit about your role, please? Thank you, Rachel. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm based down in the Cambridge Breast Unit. I'm part of the RADNET team alongside Suzanne. I am a research radiographer, but my role's slightly different because I'm working with translational research, which involves still working with patients that are going to be having radiotherapy, but we are also looking very much into collecting tissue and blood. Also, being down in the breast unit is a good place to be because I work very closely with the radiologists down there who I work with whilst they are taking the tissue biopsies from the patients. Some of these biopsies stay on site and the bloods, but others are, depending on the trial I'm working with, I have to package up and send off within 24 hours to the specific trial site. Lovely. Thank you, Cathy. And your sort of day-to-day, as you said, you're in the breast unit what other bits and bobs do you get to do on your day-to-day? I work very closely with the PI who's the principal investigator of the trial I'm working on as generally the consultant oncologist. We will both see patients together where we will discuss the trial and ultimately she has to be there or he because it's discussing the patient's actual treatment going forward and they are responsible for that. I will then deal with all of the other aspects of the research. I work very heavily in arranging the patient's treatment schedules, their appointments, 
setting up their MRIs, their ultrasounds. Like I discussed previously, if they've signed up to any sub-studies, we have to get appointments booked for their bloods and what days suit them for their biopsies as well. Also part of RADnet, I'm not just a patient-facing research practitioner. I'm also part of trial coordination. So I work very closely with the trial sponsor and the trial management team and also have to do my own data management. So all of the information that I gather, so follow up the patients, how they're getting on, all of that needs to be fed into a database, which right at the end of the trial, all the way down the end is where we gather all that rich data to be able to put in to the findings of that trial and then eventually into a paper. For each of you, it sounds like the role has a lot of coordination with the patients and you know, discussing different trials and studies with patients, as well as communicating with outside teams. But how does how does your role impact the patient? If we start with Katie, what we are, I see myself really as mainly as the the advocate for that study. So it's you know supporting the patient in sometimes helping them make the decision as to whether they think that the study is also suitable for them, because there are often you know, additional visits that will need to be be made that wouldn't be as part of the normal what we call standard of care. So that may be coming in for additional blood tests or additional treatments. So it's, you know, supporting them in making, in helping them make an informed decision, you know, do offer support to them. It, you know, it can be the first time in obviously offering a trial to a patient, they've just received sometimes, you know, their diagnosis. So, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty for them as to, you know, what is going to happen with the treatment they may be having. So, you know, being a support to them in, in listening to their needs and concerns that they may be having. And then obviously, you know, if you're not able to offer that within your role, because there are lots of roles, obviously, within radiotherapy, you know, signposting them then to others who are more equipped to be able to help them. But also, you know, within a study, we are asking, you know, generally some studies are, you know, you're following them up for five plus years. So, you know, they get to know you and you get to know them in, in that time as well. So you do build up a rapport with with them and, and, and get to know them quite some time. Obviously, once you generally see them after them completing their radiotherapy. Yeah, I've, I find I work on a study called the Hamlet study and this part of it asks patients to complete uh, questionnaires and we ask them to do that during their treatment and after their treatment. So we get to find out kind of what their early and late side effects are. I find that a lot of patients are quite keen to report that to us. They, it, generally speaking, most patients just want to help out and try and improve things going forward. So it's a way of contributing for the patient as well. It's great because I get to talk to people and meet people in the department, both in the chemo suite and the radiotherapy area. And it, that's really lovely. Patients even express they want to know the outcome of the, the study. You know, can we have the published results, et cetera? And I think also the work we're about to undertake, which actually is, is, is translational work, actually, this hopefully in the future is going to see something for the patients. But, you know, if we can develop a sensitivity to look at what we call circulating tumour DNA and also senescence. So this is about dying cells. And if we can pick up what's happening in the blood during and after treatment, it could be that there's more sensitive tests going forward that are going to help our patients and make just that journey a bit easier in the future. So, yeah, I, I just find that 
the, that interaction and the involvement with the patients worked so well? So the breast radiotherapy trial I'm working on at the moment is called Cortuck. It's quite a nice trial because the patients I'm seeing are for more advanced breast cancers. So they're the types of breast tumours that for either because of the age of the patient, the advanced nature of the tumour, there's very little treatment option. Surgery is not an option. So this is quite nice that we can step in, provide this trial to the patient and it helps to reduce side effects, discomfort, pain. And so I feel for the patients, uh, what we're, how we're impacting them is we're being able to give them slightly better quality of life and ease their pain and discomfort in this particular trial. So it's actually quite nice to see the end results after the treatment. But obviously, it's still very early days, but there's been uh, good feedback from the patients so far. The next question I've got is just to find out how you found out about the profession and what really brought you to radiotherapy. I actually started, well, I suppose my, my, my career in radiotherapy by working in the ad- admin team as a appointments coordinator. And, you know, I was making appointments for patients and coordinating a lot of that side of it. And I'd have to sort of pop round to go and see those working in in the CT scanner and those on the treatment units. And I just got really interested in kind of what was happening on the other side. You know, what are they up to? This looks, you know, fascinating and, you know, wanting to, to learn more. So at the time, there was kind of a shortage of, of radiographers and I trained as an assistant practitioner and we did a two-year foundation degree and I worked and trained at the same time so I got you know kind of that very fortunate sort of side to it where I could could work and and learn and and got my qualification that way and then kind of developed from from there until my role kind of came a bit more limiting in what we could do as things develop further in radiotherapy and then decided you know I wanted to do something else but stay within radiotherapy because there's always something to learn so decided to move over into clinical trials and sort of get to grips with with that side of it and I also wanted to see you know patients in the longer term as well I think one of the things within radiotherapy and treatment is you know you only see them up to a certain point and I wanted to sort of see past past that and it was really quite a personal journey for me actually it was a, a moment in time I lost my father-in-law to prostate cancer that had developed further in the body and I was involved in his sort of care till he passed away I was left feeling that I just wanted to do something more going forwards so I decided very dramatically to just midlife change my whole career. I looked at what I could do and I had a good friend in London and we were both looking at the courses for therapy radiography and the rest is more or less history. I, I literally just got on with it and never looked back again since and I absolutely love what I do and I love the research aspects as well. Quite funny listening to what Suzanne said. I also took a bit of a leap of faith sort of uh, midway through my life, always wanting to do something that felt like I was making a bit of a difference and I'm sorry if that sounds a bit cliche 
funnily enough, my route was more, I was planning to go more down the diagnostic route, actually. Our, mine was more from having to have CT scans, MRI scans, myself on my back after having quite a few problems and thinking, oh, it looks quite interesting. I wonder what they do. So that took me down that journey and did some voluntary work within a diagnostic unit in Colchester Hospital. And it was actually in the staff room in my lunch breaks that I got chatting to the radiographers and they just asked, oh, why was I here? And so I said, well, you know, I'm looking for a change of career. And they said, well, there's also obviously the magnography diagnostic, but have you ever heard of a therapy radiographer? And I was like, no. And they said, well, you go along and research that. And I did. And so like Suzanne said, the rest is history. <laughs> I went, got myself into the university course in Ipswich and trained at Ipswich and got my role in Adam Brooks. Two years, I was only on the floor two years and then my back started playing up again. And that just happened at the same time that there was a job over with the CCTC, which is where I started my research into radiotherapy journey. Thank you so much, all three of you, for sharing that. What I find is everyone has a, a similar, oh, I just found it story about radiotherapy. So it's really interesting to hear everyone's different pathways in and, ha- and how they really found the job. I have got my final question, which is where do you see radiotherapy taking us in the next five to 10 years? There are probably lots of ways. I think, you know, the advancements that we've had also in the last sort of five to to 10 years, you know, things really have have come come on. I think for me, having, you know, been in in research and having, you know, seen patients in that sort of longer term thing, I think the way in which we sort of offer what we now will still call palliative care, I think will possibly change dynamics maybe into more sort of supportive care or continued care because patients are living a lot longer with with cancer. You know, there's lots of new treatments that are, are coming out that can, you know, can be done, whether that's, you know, immunotherapy or or how radiotherapy is, is delivered, that, you know, it's, you know, palliative care is always you know kind of that thought of like you know it's kind of I don't have long or you know this is kind of the last you know treatment I might have whereas now it's it's not and things you know are advancing so I think hopefully see that develop over sort of the next few years. Yeah so I think we've got quite a long way to go still with improving outcomes for our patients having radiotherapy we have advanced the techniques and there are more techniques coming through flash radiotherapy possibly offers something going forward we will see that's very high intensity very short burst of radiotherapy so you know but also offering less damage to surrounding tissue and organs so what we do see particularly with our head and neck patients for instance is is in the longer term still some outcomes that could be improved so it'd be great to see that going forwards and possibly that's within the next 10 years But also, I think understanding how we can pick up earlier any early signs of recurrence. So all of the, if you like, translational work, all these blood samples that Kathy and I are collecting, you know, can we pick up on this quicker? But also, can it be easy for the patient? Can we, we, for instance, do a blood spot? And we would know from that, can it it become something so simple instead of endless tubes of blood being taken from the arm? I think it, it all holds promise. And there's definitely a lot of work going on there. So it's actually quite exciting to think what could happen in the next five to 10 years. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually, picking up what Suzanne said about translational work. I think that feeds quite nicely into the genetics aspect that's going on as well and how we're going to be able to feed in for a more personalised treatments for patients. I know we're working quite heavily with that with breast cancer patients at the moment, but that will probably can go on with other patients when we're talking about sort of five to ten years know picking up on early signs of could they be allergic or could something affect them within their treatment so that we would then know to switch a specific drug and even going down to individualizing the radiotherapy treatment they're giving do they actually need it could we descale or do we not need to give so many fractions to that patient also I think combinations with drugs is probably something that's going to be coming a bit more and like what we're looking into as well, the more neoadjuvant aspect of it. Is there something we can give up front to help the radiotherapy? And I know we're already doing some treatments like that, but making it more sort of a broader aspect for different cancer sites. Thank you. That's really interesting. And it's very much all three of you have have a different view of where it would go, but actually it all feeds in together of, of how actually if we make things more personalised and we've got more personalised supportive care for those that are living with cancer, it's interesting how we can really hone that down and make it about the individual and change things for each person. So thank you very much for joining us for this episode. I'll thank you, Kathy, Katie and Suzanne for joining us today and I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.